we're going to open with a, our opening passage of Scripture. I'm going to have you help me out. We'll read together um, the first three verses of Genesis, and then I'll read the last couple that I have for you on my own. From the New King James Version, Genesis 1, starting with verse 1, ready, begin. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void without form, I'm sorry, <laughs> and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 26 reads like this, and God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the, over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Father, we come before you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. You say we're two or more gathered in your name, that you'd be in the midst. So we welcome you here today. Now, Lord, uh, I pray that you direct the things you want me, me to share with everyone here. I pray it'd be by your will, by your direction. And I pray that we'd all have hearts. Every last one of us had hearts to hear what your spirit wants to say to the church today. We thank you, Father God, for uh, our leadership and our leader, Pastor Rod, and his wife is there away. Father God, I pray that you continue to bring rest and peace to them, and, and may they be filled uh, and, and be refreshed. Lord, we'll thank you for every good gift you give us. We thank you for the, the blessings of this place, um, from the air conditioning to, the, to air, all the finances to the fact that, Lord, our, you've given us this property. You took care of every obstacle, and you continue to do so. May we trust in you in every way. We give you honor and glory in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And all in agreement said, amen. All right. Well, I just, we're going to, before we just go on, I just wanted just to, just to give you a glimpse of our God today. I'm all about just taking time as, as I was just uh, myself in preparation for this. And I'm going to tell you, I, I honestly, and before you guys, I, I struggle with this more than anything because I wanted to hear from God. God gives an opportunity, I believe, whenever God gives us an opportunity, appoints us to something, that he wants to use us to do something. It doesn't matter how little or how great the, the task is, he wants us to be used. And so I, uh, as I was thinking about this, I wanted us to get into something, and, I'm, and I already see that the Holy Spirit has gone before me by the words of the worship today. We're talking about a holy God. We're talking about a God who reigns. You know, I... Uh, one day in preparation, I said, God, I just want to know that this is what you want shared on Sunday, because if not, you got to give, give it to me. And now's the time to let me know. And then I, a, a song came on and says, he reigns. Before the earth was formed, he reigns. And I thought, wow, okay, I just want them to know that I reign. But I'm going to put that aside for a little bit, and I'm going to share a couple of other scriptures, because in the, in the fact that God reigns, he still created you and I in, in this earth that we live in. And I want to just talk about that for a moment, and I want to go to Romans chapter 1, and we just read a couple of verses, and I'm talking about just the state of the, of the world. And, and, it, and it starts in 1 verse 25, and from the New Living Translation, it says, and they, uh, they, tra they, they traded the truth of God, about God for a lie. They also worshiped and served other things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of 
eternal praise. Amen. And that's why God abandoned them to their shameful desires, even women turning against the natural way to have sex instead of indulge and instead indulge in sex with each other. Men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burn with their lust for each other. Men to shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. And since they through it, um, since they through it, foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deceptions, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backsliders, haters of God, insolent, proud of and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand and break, they break their promises and are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them. I said, man, why are you sharing that with me? I'm, I'm here in church. Today, I'm just going to talk about some things that may influence us in, in, in a certain way. Um, and these things all have. I was listening to a sermon. Uh, as some of you know, I'm a, I'm a hospice chaplain outside. That's how I earn my living. And I'm, I spend a lot of time on the road between sometimes San Diego, Palm Springs, L.A., Orange County, Riverside County. Every, any day I could be in any county. And so I have a radio station. I get a chance to have an opportunity to listen to a lot of different things from worship to sports. Um, <laughs> and I have the Billy Graham channel on there. As I, and as I'm led at times, uh, quite often, I'll listen to Billy Graham. And I was listening to a message from 1951, even before, believe it or not, before I was born. And I thought, as I was listening to the message, I saw how things in his day, and as he described them, were exactly like the day that we're living in today. Some of these very things that we're seeing right here are things that you and I have, they're familiar to me. Even recently, the things that we've come through, and I'm really kind of tired of talking about it, but it's true, our recent, from our recent election to the pandemic to the racial unrest, all these things have, we've had to deal with. And they've affected how we've thought about them. They've affected things that we've allowed to creep into our life. And so, um, though you and I may not in, be engaging in some of the sex acts that are above, sometimes we can come to a place to where we are, we are just a little bit, we've, we've learned or we've dealt with it. We've, if you want to say it like this, folded in to the mainstream thinking. It's easy for us to do. Everybody else is doing it. Why not? You find yourself in a place where you're surrounded by people who don't believe and who don't think like you do, and it's easy for you to say, oh, okay, I guess it's not so bad. And the, and the Scripture is, is strict and it's direct on what it wants us to do, and we have to start to undergird ourselves and to lift ourselves and to change ourselves in a, in a certain way. Um. We, may, we, may, we find ourselves sometimes even in the act of hate. I'm going to tell you something. When the pandemic first began, I, 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 there was 
There were people that came against me as a pastor because I shut my church down. People challenged my faith. Oh, I have to be careful because there are times that I can judge somebody else not really knowing their heart. My heart was, as the Bible said, that's what the law of the land said, so that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to trust God to bring us through this time. And there, as a result, I'm going to tell you something. There are things that I had never done before. I have a YouTube channel now for Hope City. I have a Facebook Live for Hope City. And some people join us from this church weekly at the, at the, uh, for our, our Facebook Live. They're on. They're watching it. They comment on the words that were given out. You know, we've had some great speakers come through there. Pastor Ron was there last week. He brought it, too. Oh, my gosh. You guys go back and listen to the message. Today, I have another guest sharing today, and I've had other pastors sharing, and it's good. A few weeks ago, Pastor Steve spoke. He brought it. And people, were, it changed the lives of those who were there. If we didn't have the pandemic, never would have had that happen. It would just have been a weekly thing. People would not have known what's going on there. The other thing that happens for us, too, is fear and wavering faith. And I, I see a lot of times that, that in the times we're living in, we're wondering what's going to happen. And I've had people come and, 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 and struggle with fear. During this time, I also had a number of people, you know, come to me and, 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 and to, to find security and, and peace. One, knowing my position as a pastor, but also as a black man. I had people come to me and questioning you know, the church and saying things about the church and there are things written about the church as a whole, not sanctuary, the church as a whole and their position on people of color. And that's the reason for this message because I'm going to tell you, just as a peek in, is that if we, we go back to the beginning, in the beginning was God. He was before all those things. And, and, it, and it, one of the verses that I read here in verse 31, when God made everyone, he, him knowing that there were going to be different shades, different colors, people with hair, people with no hair, when he, he, he knew what the earth was going to be like. And guess what he said about it? He said, it's good. If, God's, if it's good for God, it's good for you, it's good for me. And that's what I've had to share with people, you know, in the middle of their hate, because we add to the hate and we take a position and we're not, we're not acting in the image that God wants us to act and being like him. As a matter of fact, and so the thing I wanted to share, first of all, leading into the, this message is a, is a passage from Proverbs. In Proverbs 24, 33, it says this, and I love it from the New Living Translation. It says, a little extra sleep, a little extra slumber a little folding of the hands to rest, and then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. It's not just talking about, I don't think about our laziness and our action. It's talking about our laziness in our thought of who God is. I loved it. We loved it this morning. We are in, in prayer before. I was invited to pray with the worship team before, and... This morning, the prayer was, as we were led in prayer, the prayer was the fact that he reigns. And everything that we're going to do today is going to give glory and honor to God in his, in his reign. And we need to constantly remind ourselves daily about that. About 15 years ago, um, I was 
about four of my kids, four of my six kids were at home. In the, in the home, they were either at this time junior high, early high school age. And, and uh, we used to have a, a family Bible study scheduled it on Mondays. And at one of the Bible studies, I told my kids, I said, you know, and I was led this way, so it's not anything good on me, but I was led this way. I said, I want you to do something for Dad. I said, this week, what I want you to do is I want you to think about the first thing that you think about in the morning. I want you to write it down every day, and I want you just to be honest about it. And I want you to write about the, the last thought that you had when you went to bed. Next week of the Bible study, I want you to be honest. I want you to tell me about it. The following week, I told my kids it took me at least three days before God was first and last. Somehow, you and I have to change our thinking. We have to get to a place that we're over our sleep and over our slumber, and somehow God has to be the first fruit of our lives. In prayer, and in the Word of God, and in praise. Quite often during that time, honestly, when I'm driving around, I'm in, in, in song and in praise. The, the songs come up, and I'm, I'm praising God, and I'm thankful. And as I'm listening to the words, as they give glory to God, I'm lifted up, and I'm reminded of direction that I have to do, that I have to go in. One scripture that's not going to be on the screen that I'm, is, uh, is in Romans. And in Romans chapter 2, it starts off like this and talking about uh, what, what just, we just read about in, in the first chapter of Romans. In the first verse, it says, you may think you can condemn such people, talking about all those people. He says, but you, you're just as bad, and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourselves, for you judge others and do these very same things. Romans chapter 2, verse 3 says this, and since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment? When you do the same thing, don't you see how wonderful and kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness and his intention is turned from your sin? See, I find myself often in situations with people that at this moment aren't serving God. They don't know God. I find myself in, in, in situations with people who are some in the church and some out of the church that have a walk that's not quite what God wants. They're still engaged in some of the things that are going on. And, and rather than start with judgment, the first thing God has encouraged me to do is start in prayer on my knees. It's a change. Because the easy thing is just to, and, and, and I've done this in my life before, but the easy thing to do is just to, to go on and, and say, you know, you're going to hell. By the way, that's a judgment. Because only God knows where we're going. Only God knows our end. I'm sure a lot of people said about the thief on the cross, the one that recognized who Jesus was, hey, you're going to hell. And Jesus said, I got another plan. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew 24 talks about us, us all, something we have to watch out, something that we can sleep in, something that we can slumber in. In Matthew 24, 12, Jesus said this. He said, sin will be rampant everywhere, and the love of many will grow cold. 
See, the thing is, you and I have to be in a place where we're sharpening all the time. We're tuning in our love one for another. If God so loved the world that he gave his only son, then it should be good enough for me to do the same. And by the way, if it's not bad enough that I have to deal with myself, if it's not bad enough that I have to deal with my own sin, if it's not bad enough that I have to deal with my struggles, my fears, my concerns, all these things, the Bible says we have another adversary. It's the devil. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord, the God, had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? I think about this scene right here because the woman was separate from God. She was away from her husband at the time. She was alone. And I thought about how the enemy works when we can get alone by ourselves and, and how he can whisper in our ears and our own ideas come up and our own ways and our own desires arise in us. Something about being alone. And in this case, she was alone. And, and being alone is also a place where I'm divided from everyone else. And I'm starting to see this happen. A few weeks ago, my daughter uh, had questioned about an activity that was going on overseas. And she came in and she was quite upset about what was going on. And she, because of the news, she began to accuse the way the news said, she began to accuse the law, and that's not right, Dad. And I said, you're absolutely right. It's not right. And then she began to, in a way, have judgment towards what was going on. And I said, you know what, honey, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot more behind it than what you, you and I can see. I remember that one time I was working as an engineer for Northrop Grumman in the, in the 80s. And there were things, and I had a clearance, and there were things that I knew about that were going on in the world that the common person didn't know about, and I couldn't share them. And likewise, our God knows everything that's going on. And I said, hey, honey, he knows some things. And if we, there's a spirit realm, there's things that are going on behind this. There's a, another driver behind this. The Bible says anyway that you and I, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and rulers of darkness. You know, that's why our prayers need to go for protection from God, because God himself is a spirit, and, and he's able, and he's the creator of all things. Nothing's before him. Like we sang earlier, he reigns. But here's something I read today in a, just a different version. I never read this version of this verse, but it's truth, because I've always just read the King James and the King James version of, of Luke twenty two thirty one. 31. You know, the... the when Jesus is telling Simon, he says, Simon, Simon, listen, Satan has asked excessively that all of you be given up for him out of the power and keeping of God, that he might sift all of you like grain. The King James Version says he was talking just to Peter. But when you read the translation, it really is a saying that Satan has asked to sift all believers as we, he's asked, take your hand off of them, God. Let me get a hold of them. There's a battle that's going on, a battle that in our hearts, 
the battle in our spirits, that what God wants to do is he, he, I mean, what the enemy wants to do is he wants to, to turn us away from what God's desire is for our life. So important that you and I have control over it. So with that, back to our primary text. I just have two things that I'm going to close with in this. And, and the first thing is that we read today in Genesis 1.26, It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing and everything that creeps on the earth. And so the first thing I wanted to get in, just we need to get this into our spirits. And this is something that we have to do over and over again in prayer and in the word of God, we have to somehow get to the place that we see and we recognize God for who he is. Sometimes because we can't see him, our, our focus is easily taken off of God. That word God in, in the Hebrew is the word Elohim. And it talks about the, the plurality of God. In other words, God the Father, God the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. When I think about all those, I think about, wow, I think about the work and the power and the might of God. Here he is. It says, he created the heavens and the earth. And the, and the Hebrew word for creation there is the word bara, which means it was created out of nothing. I see illusionists, great illusionists all the time, but, you know, they can't do what our God can do. And it's not just, he's not, he wasn't just creating things back then, but the same thing happens to us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's things that come up in us. Here's the Holy Spirit doing the same thing that our God does when something right comes out of us, a right reaction in, in a situation where someone's being treated wrong, a right reaction in our hearts when we give in to the power of the Holy Spirit when we're saying, man, this person is coming against me right now, and, and the Holy Spirit says, this is how I want you to react when we get that keen ear. It's something that only comes out much of the time by prayer. The power of the Holy Spirit is the power of us when we consider, as was shared in prayer this morning, I love just the renewing of that as Snake was lifting up the, the worship team this morning. It's the power that you and I see in the Son, Jesus Christ, the power of his salvation, the blood, his shed blood that covers our sins and heals all of our sickness. It's that kind of power that you and I can see. We're created in the image of God, and, and it refers to the fact that you and I have our own personality. We have our own self-consciousness. We have all these things, but we also are much like God. We're body, soul, and spirit. To have dominion, he gave us dominion. He says he gave us rulership and authority. And there was a way, as we created in the image of God, that you and I were to be like God in that dominion. I want you to consider this. Just here's one example as a parent. You know, you and I, um, God gives us children. He's blessed me. I, was, I think I've shared with you guys before on Father's Day, I had a, 
a tough time. As I was enjoying my kids and thinking about the, the joy and delight of being a father, it was sort of a twofold thing because I began to think about some of my failures. See, God gave me dominion. And then when God gives, me, gives you dominion, first of all, I'm to release my children to God. And daily, I'm to ask God, how do you want me to raise them? Show me. And each kid has a, a different personality and a different call and a, and a, and a different way that, that they may require for us to, to bring them up. And I'm to have, if, if, I, if God's given me dominion in my household, then I'm to, to treat them the way that God wants me to. As a husband to my wife, you know, Pastor Ron came to the church last week, and this simple thing, I knew it, but it just stuck with me as he, he shared this. I asked him to share with the church a little bit about himself, and he talked about his years of marriage, and he said the simple thing, talking about his dominion, whether or not he realized it. He said, I've learned one thing. It's better to be happy than to be right. I thought, well, okay. I wrote that one down again. Dominion just means in the peace of God, because sometimes you hear the Holy Spirit, he goes, hey, calm down, let that go. That's nothing. Dominion. He's given us that in certain ways. He's called some of you, I know your leaders, your managers, your, you have your own business. He's called you in a way to have dominion over all things. That's the way God does. And then finally, the final thing I want to share is this. It says... And in Genesis 1.1, I love this, just starting all the way back in, in the beginning. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Again, as I thought about it, the all-powerful, the all-knowing God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what power and what authority. Again, as I shared before, I was at, listening to the worship, a worship song earlier, and it, the song was He Reigns. I think it's by Casting Crowns. And, I, and the, the part of the scripture that got me is that it says he was on the throne before he ever formed the earth. Before the earth was phone, formed, he was on the throne. And for some, re- see, for some reason, I, might, I just dwelt on that thought. Before everything, before he even spoke, let there be light, before he even formed the earth, before he said anything, before the darkness, he was on the throne. I don't have to fear anything at all. My fear goes away because I trust in the fact of who God is. This week, I'm going to tell you, in the last two weeks, in my job as a chaplain, and I'll tell you why it's so important that you and I lay hold of God and, 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 and seek him and draw near to him and desire to do this, it's because I came across something where God said, you need to wake up. I went to a house just to do my, my normal thing. You know, I get a call from the agency and said, hey, can you go out right now? We have a, one of our patients that's in transition. We don't think they're going to last long. And in fact, this patient died a little later after I got there. I get to the place. I console the family. I lay hands on the patient. I anoint the patient with oil. I pray for the patient. As I'm leaving the house, the, one of the patient's cousins follows me out, and she says, you know, thank you for being here. What a blessing. I'm encouraged and everything. And over the course of 
this time, something I felt in the pit of my stomach actually came to fruition. And that was she and her brother, who were both present at the house, said, yeah, (laughs) there's four spirits who live here. Going, wow. I heard a whisper. You weren't ready for that. You got to be prayed up always. Remember, some things come out by prayer and fasting. The following week, I go in to pray for another person. I, we're, there's three chaplains at this particular agency that I work for, and we had to take turns going in because they're asked for daily with this particular, I mean, weekly with this particular person. And I go in. I'm thinking, I'm just going to pray for this guy. I'm just going to encourage him. Anyway, he's, you know, he has some schizophrenia and things like that. And the first thing he tells me, yeah, I'm possessed. I'm one of Satan's generals. See, the truth is, you and I have to always be alert for all things. Yet, though I'm not looking to go in and, and do battle unless I'm asked to go in and do battle, but the thought has to always be in my mind that he reigns and who he is, who God is. In that scripture, to me, in Genesis 1-1, we see the power of the spoken word of God. We see the power of his word in the past, the power of his word in the present, and we need to trust in the power of his word in the future. The scripture says in John, 20, John 4 24 that God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not by our worldly actions. It's not by our, the outside. You and I have to get to a place where we're seeking God in the spirit. And we have to know that he's able to deal, to do all things by his spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5.27 tells us, to never stop praying. I'm reminded of two other passages of Scripture that we are to continue seeking God. We need him all the, all the time. It's a continual thing every moment of our life. And lastly, probably the main part of the Godhead that is shared, we talked about the Father a little bit, we talked about the, the Holy Spirit, and that's the Son. And when all else fails, when I'm struggling with where I'm at, you know, in the world, when I'm struggling with sometimes the things that are going on and I'm thinking, you know, nothing's going right. When I'm in places where I see, you know, and I I do this too, I might be the only one in the room, so don't hold it against me. But sometimes I go into a place and uh, we were, my wife and I were out last night at a birthday party for a friend, and it seems like they had everything. Sometimes I go, oh, man, just a, a little bit, just because you, you know your own struggles. You're thinking, well, if I had what they had, I'd be done. I'd be good. And then I'm reminded that we have Jesus. In John 3.16, it says, you're familiar with Scripture with, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. This reminds me, and I'll finish with this, uh, reminds me of a, of a guy, story talks about a guy 
that was a widow, and all he had in his family and his life was a, a son. And he and his son had this special bond, and I know this bond. Some of you may know this bond. Maybe you had it with your father or mother or brother or sister. It's a special bond. They were tight. And they both shared this love for art. Well, they, the, um, the son, uh, as they go out, they, the father and the son would go out and they'd buy artwork together. And I'm talking, we're talking about some expensive artwork, artwork that was worth quite a bit of money. They traveled. They, get, they buy, you know, Monet, Picasso, that type of artwork, that level of artwork together. The son became so good that he was one that was able to negotiate, and his father would just sit back in awe and watch him negotiate for some of the artwork. Well, later on, war breaks out, and the son has to go to war. And one day, the father gets a report that the son was missing in action. Father's pacing around and hoping that the son is going to be found and everything is going to be good. Then his fears came about. He got word that his son had died while in action, while in action rescuing a guy. It was nearing Christmas time, and it was in the winter, and, the, and the, the, their favorite time of the year, the father and the son, was Christmas time. And he began to look at all the paintings around the rooms and these great artworks worth millions of dollars and thinking about he and his son together, and, and Christmas Day arrived, and he was alone and just saddened and, and pretty down, very down about his son passing away. All of a sudden, he hears a knock on the door, and as he's going to the door, house is filled with memories, and he's looking in the hallways. He's going to the door at all the paintings that he and his son has bought, and the guy at the door was a guy, a soldier, an old soldier. He says, I'm an artist. And I am the soldier that your son saved while he was being, that saved me while your son, your son was killed while he saved me. Your son saved me as he was being killed. And he, the old man invited him. He sat down with him. He handed him a gift. He said, like I said before, I'm an artist. And I, though it's not going to compare to all the paintings that you have around here, he said, I did a an artist's rendition of your son, a painting of your son. When the man looked at the painting, he could see the image of his son. He had done a great work depicting the son's image in there. And he said, man, I, this is my favorite gift, the best gift I've ever received. And the son, this, this soldier began to tell him of all the guys that his son has saved in the, in, in the act of war. And he said, I was the very last one that he saved. And the father became even more proud. He said, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to put this over my fireplace. After the soldier leaves, the father sticks the artwork, moves some of the most precious paintings, expensive paintings aside, and he, he puts it on the, the mantle over the, the fireplace. The following spring, this father dies. And all of the artwork goes up for an auction, and all the people around had heard about the auction, and, and each one was talking about, I'm going to be there, you're going to be there, I'm going to add to my art collection, I, have, I want that artwork, I want this and that. And then he goes in, and, he, and the, the last thing he does is he 
as he's going, the auction starts. And the auctioneer drops the gavel and he puts up the, the painting for the son. And he says to the son, to, uh, the painting of the son, and, and he says, hey, this one is called the son. This painting is called the son. And the auction begins and people from the audience go, I don't want to build a bid on that painting. And we want, we want the, we're here for the real stuff. And finally, after a great silence, the, one of the people, one of the, the, the friends of the, the father comes up and he says, I only have $10. Can I bid on the painting? And he says, we have $10. Anybody else? He says, going, going, gone. He sells the painting for $10. And then the, he says, and that's the end of the auction. And then after, there's a big protest in the audience. What's going on? What's going on? And he says, in the will, he said, the person who buys the son gets it all. And I just want to close with that thought for us. The thought is this, that you and I have been given a, a great, precious gift. And that's Christ in us. And you and I ought to use that as we strengthen ourselves in these times. In the beginning, God, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that it would encourage us. I pray that it would strengthen us in times of fear. I thank you, Lord, um, that in this, that you would um, use this word to encourage our hearts. And Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the son. Lord, we ask that we thank you for the Holy Spirit and, and the Father. We thank you for all these things you give us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen.